You're listening to the Peak Performance Podcast with Dr. Robert Barton. As a chiropractor for over 24 years and the founder of Peak Performance Spine and Sports Medicine, Dr. Barton is here to help you reach your personal peak performance by discussing topics that impact your long-term health. Let's do this. Hello there, my friends. Welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Robert Barton. And in this first episode, I want to give you a little bit of context of our clinic and what we're accomplishing with this podcast while we're doing it. And I do want to point out uh, one thing. This, my voice, it sounds like I'm sick, but I'm actually not sick. And I'm going to reveal at the end of the podcast, on the end of this episode, uh, what's wrong with my voice, and it's going to lead us into some uh, some additional episodes. So the basic framework of the show is going to be that we're going to discuss five core principles or five core subjects. And the first one is our physical health. You know, I speak to people every day about their physical health. My job is to help people live the best they can, especially as it relates to your physical health. You know, what can we do to make our bodies last longer? What can we do to uh, feel better? You know, anything related to our physical health. The next thing is our nutritional health. You know, our, our nutritional health definitely feeds into physical health, but, you know, to talk about different foods that we can eat and their benefits to us, uh, you know, uh, weight is a major issue within our society and, and pretty much, you know, many societies. And we want to talk about concepts related to nutritional health. I also love to cook, uh, so I'll lump recipes and different things like that into this uh, particular subject as well. Case studies. I love talking about case studies. They they inform us on what's possible in terms of you know treatment for people. You know when people aren't feeling their best, you know they want to get to back to peak performance. That's what we're all about. And we have many many stories uh, related to that. And so I want to be able to share those stories. Another really big one I'm I'm excited about is the physician insights. I love talking to other types of doctors about what they can do, uh, anywhere from orthopedics to family practice uh, to pain management. You know, any doctor that has, you know, insight on how we can feel better and how they help folks feel better, uh, we want to be able to discuss those uh, with those physicians and, and get their insights on that. And then specific health conditions, taking a deep dive into uh, health conditions and really understanding what they're about. And that kind of leads me into the history of our clinic. You know, how did I get here? How, How did we get here in terms of, you know, practice and whatnot? So let's just get right into that. My journey and uh, the delivery of healthcare began when I was a junior in high school, and I toured the Baylor College of Medicine uh, Medical School, and I thought it was fascinating, and I decided then that I wanted to be a doctor of some type. And I decided early on through some interactions I had with uh, a, a chiropractor that we had, and my mom did not ever really take us to regular doctors. Don't ask me why. My kids go to regular doctors these days, but my mom just took us to chiropractors and we were pretty healthy. And I don't know that we were healthy because she took us to chiropractors, but we were just pretty healthy in general, so we didn't really go. So I didn't really understand the difference uh, between a regular medical doctor and then chiropractors until I got into chiropractic school. So I had decided early on that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to pursue a lot of other interests, uh, not just being a healthcare provider, but I wanted to be able to pursue other interests, um, like flying, for example. I started flying when I was 14 years old. 
And so I wanted to be able to have some free time as well as, you know, have an income that would provide the ability to do other activities. And by and large, that uh, ended up being true, which is nice. And I'll talk about that later. But I went to chiropractic college. And then when I got out, you know, one of the reasons that I decided to go to uh, the, the one in Pasadena, which is actually where I grew up, is because they had medical rotations. And that medical rotation, you know, option ended up being a huge blessing for myself and my family and, and, the, and the practice in general, all the, all the patients that we take care of. And the reason for that is I spent a considerable amount of time in surgery while I was in school with a neurosurgeon, ended up being very close to that neurosurgeon, and it gave me a perspective that that I really could relate to as it relates to chiropractic. Now, I think it's worth mentioning because it's definitely part of the story that I got married early in my chiropractic uh, education, and I married my lovely wife, Susan, in uh, December of 1993, December the 18th, in fact, and we had our oldest daughter, Brooklyn, about 11 months later. So I was uh, in chiropractic college, I was, uh, I had a, a new baby, you know, about halfway through and there was no turning back, so to speak. You know, you've, you've got to make all this work. And so, you know, the story as it unfolds is within the context of having a new wife and, uh, and then a, a family as well. Uh, my second daughter, Avery, was born in 1997. And she was uh, born when I, you know, during the, the time that I was working my first job. Now, when I graduated, and I'll talk more about that here shortly, but when I graduated from school, I went and I worked for a very traditional chiropractor. And, you know, we, we helped a lot of people, and that was great, but I did not necessarily, I, I could not relate to how we did that. And the reason was, you know, every person that came through the door, uh, they had a problem that necessitated a long-term treatment plan. And it didn't matter if the person was 18 years old and had pain for a week or if the person was, you know, 50 years old or older and has pain and has had pain for, you know, 10 years. Everyone got a long-term treatment plan somewhere in the neighborhood of 48 visits. And the treatment plan was based on x-rays. And those x-rays, you know, supposedly were showing us where the problem was, where the curvatures of the spine were and whatnot. And I never really got that. You know, I'd spent all that time in surgery uh, and kind of the other side of the coin, if you will. And I wanted to be able to practice in a way where I solved the person's problem uh, really as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And if I couldn't solve their problem, I wanted to get them to the type of doctor that could. And so I did not enjoy that experience other than learning how to deliver the service that I deliver, you know, the hands-on delivery of the service. And so the neurosurgeon that I had done my rotation with, we had stayed uh, in touch and close. Uh, he actually offered that if I came back to Pasadena, he would send me all of the patients that he could. And that's what started our practice. And that started in 1998. And we began this process of practicing a different way. I called it rehabilitation. In fact, the first name of our practice was called Fairmont Rehabilitation and Pain Management. And so I kind of went all the way away from, from this chiropractic identity, trying to, you know, skew things back in the direction that I was comfortable with. And this doctor, the, the neurosurgeon, he started sending me a lot of injured workers. And so we began our practice rehabilitating folks that had been injured at work, and it was great. 
For the first five years of our practice, I spent the mornings with these folks. We went to a, a local gym and we rehabilitated them. It was just a different style of practice. And then the workman's comp laws changed. And when they changed, I was no longer in a position to deliver those types of services. You had to have some other types of practitioners you know, on your staff, like mental health workers and whatnot. And so that wasn't going to work out anymore. And I frankly wanted to get away from you know, that, that scene anyway. So I began the process of trying to figure out how to really deliver value. I'd already had the experience with the other clinic, and I had to figure out how to really solve people's problems quickly but, but make money at it as well. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it was a business, and we had employees, and we had our family to take care of. And from about 2003 to 2006, that was quite a journey. And I didn't have any particular framework that I operated within, so it was difficult to, uh, to understand how long to treat a patient, you know, when were they done, when could I you know, spread them out in terms of their, their visits and whatnot. In early 2005, I experienced a significant event in my life that uh, I would say ended up having a, a tremendous impact. Uh, I was bending over, and I was, we were actually going to move into a larger facility and I was pulling up the carpet in order to uh, to change out the carpet in the facility. And there was that industrial glue-down carpet. So I was, I was pulling it up, and I felt something give out of my back. And it was an immediate pain. You know, it didn't stop working. I pretty much continued. And from that point through October of that year, so let's call it around April or so that that happened, all the way through October, I dealt with, you know, severe back pain, uh, left leg pain, you know, what was odd it was I played a lot of basketball at the time, and when I warmed up, I'd actually feel pretty good. So I continued to play basketball, continued to kind of, you know, really just kind of ignore the pain to some degree. I mean, I got treated and that type of thing, but it really was kind of worsening. And one day on the basketball court I, in October, I jumped and landed, and when I landed, I really felt something give out of my back. And the pain was even more excruciating and actually played like another game or two in a lot of pain. But afterwards, it got to the point where I could no longer ignore the pain. So that was pretty much the end of basketball. I could not, I could not go any further. A very good friend of mine uh, by the name of Dr. Malillo, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He, at the time, he took a look at me and he said, you know, Rob, you probably have a herniated disc in your back and you need an MRI. And I really thought I was immune from, you know, disc herniations and, and conditions such as that, which doesn't make any sense. But I had the MRI and I had a 10 millimeter disc herniation in my back that was pinching my left S1 nerve root, one of the nerves that goes down the back of the leg one of the major nerve roots of the sciatic nerve, as it turns out. So it was an extruded disc fragment. I was weak in my left glute, my left hamstrings, and my left calf muscles, so I could not basically raise up on my toes. And uh, it was affecting my walk and, and everything like that. I couldn't cough or sneeze. It had severe pain down my left leg. And so I saw the, uh, the neurosurgeon that I was close with, and he recommended surgery. And it just didn't sound all that good to me at the time. So we began to explore uh, different options, and we uh, I decided to bring an option into the clinic that was relatively new at the time, and that was called spinal decompression or non-surgical spinal decompression. And spinal decompression works off the principle that you know the discs are pressure sensitive, and when you pull pressure off the disc, the discs have an ability to heal if you'll help them. 
and it doesn't work for every single person, but the results were above 90%, and I was comfortable enough with those odds. So we ended up going to Florida where they make these machines, and we toured the factory, and I liked what I saw, so we ordered one, and we got that in on February the 14th of 2006. Of course, it was Valentine's Day. I'll never forget the day. And uh, I treated on the on the machine, and I basically just got better. Uh, it took a little while. I only did about uh, about 15 treatments on the machine, but basically it set into motion the process of recovering, and I was I was able to do better. And so obviously we began to treat other people using this technology as well, and they began to get better. And so it really kind of helped us have a great solution for anywhere from simple problems to more severe problems. And I was very thankful for that. Now, in about 2004, I was asked to participate in a project with several other local physicians. Uh, It was the neurosurgeon I'm close with, another neurosurgeon, an orthopedic surgeon, and a prominent family doctor in our area. And they asked me to start a physical therapy operation at a new hospital that was being built. Now, when they asked me to participate in this, the hospital was not yet built. And so we had to basically wait for that to be built. And then we had to wait for the medical office building to be built as well. And that was completed in 2008. So we actually moved from our facility that I was remodeling when I hurt my back to the hospital in 2008. Then I practiced there from 2008 to 2010, and then the hospital ended up buying the physical therapy operation from us. Now, that ended up being a blessing. It was a pretty stressful uh, situation or or operation. It was very large. Uh, We had tons of equipment. It was like a large physical therapy operation. And when the hospital bought it, I, I moved across the street, and I began to change my model a little bit. What I mean by that is... I went from this rehabilitation model that we started with to something that it was more of what we could offer that was unique to people, you know, separate from physical therapy. So now I had this perspective on rehabilitation, you know, from my early years. And then we had the physical therapy experience over a couple of years and all the equipment and whatnot. And I basically began to kind of shrink the footprint of our therapy offering And then concentrate on doing things for people that you cannot do to yourself. And that led me to the development of a system that we use uh, to this day that allows me or informs me on how to determine when a person needs to come back. And so one of the most common questions we get as chiropractors is, you know, how often do I need to come back? And it's an industry norm to talk about, you know, like once a month adjustments. And I just never really felt comfortable with that because I didn't feel like, you know, just making noise in joints was, you know, like popping your joints was necessarily the benefit. And when I came up with this framework that we've been using now for uh, about a decade, it really helps us to determine how often a person should come back. And the answer to that question is, it's very individual. So we, we know that a person that's younger doesn't have to be seen near as often in a person who's a little bit older and depending on your life experiences may need to be seen a little bit more to maintain you know, their, their flexibility, which kind of brings me to the main thing that I feel like we do for our patients. And we, we treat stiffness. That's, that's what I boil it down to. And we treat joint stiffness and we treat soft tissue stiffness. If you get stiff in your body, 
uh, you basically will, you know, you'll know it at some point. So you'll feel the stiffness, you'll potentially feel pain. And when the mechanics of the body change for the worse, then uh, things begin to break down. There's all kinds of things that can happen anywhere from increased pressure on one knee can cause that knee to go out. Uh, increased pressure or, or an old injury of a hip can cause the hip to wear out. And the same thing with the spine. There, there's actually five things your spine needs to be healthy. I'm going to do that in a different podcast. But the point is that the things that we track, uh, there's 13 things that we track to determine how a person's doing and inform us on their next visit. And that all happened in about 2010 when I when I moved out of the hospital and, and changed the model to, to do things to people that you can't do to yourself. You know, for example, exercises, if you are taught the exercise routine, you should be able to do those exercises at home. And the things that we're doing for the people, anywhere from treating the spine with our hands, with manipulation, or some of the other soft tissue techniques that we're doing, it's just very difficult or impossible for you to do that to yourself because I can't even do it to myself either. And that brings us to present day. And for the last 10 years, we've been very happily taking care of just the community. And I work very close with, with many doctors in the area and different specialists. And I really enjoy, you know, helping people solve the problems that that is impeding their, you know, the quality of their life. And the vast majority of the time, those problems are simple problems. We're able to solve them very quickly. And I tell my patients on a daily basis, we're actually trying not to see you. My typical goal in terms of repeat visits, uh, just to kind of check up on, on these 13 biomechanical indicators that we look at, are uh, is every three to four months. And certainly if you're younger, even less often than that. And those are checkups to determine where you stand. And, and of course, we clean up what we find. And then you should be good again for a long period of time. And so we'll talk about those specific things again in another episode, but it kind of brings us to present day and why my voice sounds like this. This is actually not my normal voice. I had an experience earlier this year about April. I began to have quite a bit of uh, right neck pain that radiated to my right shoulder. And I'll talk about this in more detail in another episode as well. But essentially, this a condition that my family has it's a combination of a cervical stenosis, which is a small spinal canal, coupled with ossification of the posterior longitudinal ligament, which is a ligament inside the spinal canal. Those two factors basically were pinching my spinal cord and shoving it all the way to the left side of my spinal canal, and my right C5 nerve root was being tethered. Now, this was a condition that I knew about for about 10 years. I, I knew that I had this damage in my neck. It was from a whiplash that I suffered when I was about 25 years old. And it came to a head, and I began to try to figure out what to do about it. Ended up seeing uh, four different doctors and um, basically you know, went with a particular solution. So I had surgery. And essentially, that surgery injured my left recurrent laryngeal nerve, which supplies the nerve supply to my left vocal cord and about a um, about a day, uh, call it two days after the surgery, I could barely talk. So uh, it was basically air coming out. And uh, as of the recording of this first episode here, I'm about two and a half months out and it is coming back, but it's a very slow process. So I've had a scope uh, kind of put down into my throat and, um, you know, we put eyeballs on the vocal cords and sure enough, it is a paresis of the left vocal cord 
and the vocal cords are not coming together all the way. So I sound like I'm sick, and, and hopefully over the course of these episodes, I will begin to sound more and more normal. But I just wanted to explain that, and, uh, and again, look forward to sharing insights with you to help you maintain your peak performance. Uh, these are concepts we discuss all the time in the office, and you know, I'm hoping that if you're our patient and you're listening to this, then you probably hear me say some of these things, but you, know, you can send this to loved ones, and you know, we just hope to connect with more and more people as we, as we serve our community in and around um, the South Houston, Pasadena, Clear Lake, Webster uh, area. So uh, with that, I hope all the best for you. I hope you're doing well, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. And we're going to be taking a deep dive on cervical stenosis. Uh, this will be under the health conditions you know, heading that I talked about, and we're going to talk about my experience with cervical stenosis. So until then, take care. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast with Dr. Robert Barton. Visit Peak Performance Spine and Sports Medicine at peakclinics.com. That's peakclinics.com. Thanks again for listening.